0: Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek
1: Sharp. You know, I knew Thursday was coming. That was the start of the softball season, and yet it was just here before you knew it. And our first game last night started an hour later than it was supposed to because the game before ours saw Bethune-Cookman and Illinois State go to extra innings. In that game, Bethune-Cookman, which started off last season, by the way, 0-18, playing against stiff competition, get their first win, in that game, Bethune-Cookman, with the international tiebreaker rules put into effect in all these tournaments so that you don't have teams you know, waiting two extra hours while the game before theirs goes 15 innings, the idea is to start off with a runner at second base. Everyone to a team will try a sacrifice bunt to at least get the run in and put pressure on the other team. Now in that game before ours, no one could do it until the bottom of the ninth when Bethune-Cookman dropped down a bunt and then a deep fly, which was an easy sack fly. That's how it would end for the Bulls, but it took a while to get there. They had one hit, the first batter of the game, Alexa Gallaghani, and that was it. They did not get a hit the rest of the game, but man, did they hit the ball hard. Illinois State put on a clinic defensively. Now their top pitcher, Hannah Meeks, had gone the full game against Bethune-Cookman, but their second pitcher, even though she did not strike out a bull, kept the ball in the yard and the Bulls finally got it done, neither team could get that bunt down until the bottom of the ninth. Oh, there's the bunt we've been waiting for. That'll advance the runner, and Lana Rivera puts her hands up like she scored a touchdown. That's the moment we've all been waiting for. We've been saying there's no secret of what everyone's trying to do at the beginning of these innings. Just no one's been able to do it. So would it not be unreal if Meschnick, is not gotten a strikeout all game, is able to dial one up here with one out and extra innings. Oh, she gets underneath it. Elliott will tag. It's going to take a miraculous play for this game not to be over. Easily winning. There is Elliott. And Marissa piece on an 0-2 pitch gets underneath the ball. And the Bulls win their opener, 1-0 in nine innings. You have got to feel for Illinois State. Two games, two losses, and then they had to turn around this morning and go up against Michigan as the action really picks up today with the Wolverines, the Florida Gators, and Oregon State coming to town. And with all that action, it behooved the Bulls to try and end things quickly, and they did. Bethune-Cookman had to use its ace pitcher in the first game And with Angelina Badalament, a transfer from Seminole State, who put up great offensive numbers and decent pitching numbers, the Bulls were able to take advantage of some errors. They scored six runs in the third inning. Actually, only a couple of them on hits. Olivia Elliott, the transfer from UCF outfielder, got the start in right field and got the start in both games, and she whacked two hits in one inning in that six-run third. And you got right up to the run rule. And while that was happening, you were hoping that the Bulls could go ahead and get to that run rule in the bottom of the fourth, which they did at 10 to nothing. And oh, by the way, they had a no-hitter going on. Julia Apostolakos, a hard-throwing freshman from the Northeast, came on, pitched the first four innings, did walk a few, but no hits, got a great defensive play to help, as it turned out, preserve the no-hitter. That ball was A diving play by Garcia Soto. Did I mention she was the defensive player of the year as a freshman in the American? My goodness. Picking up where you left off. At that time, you're not thinking no hitter, but yeah, that was pretty big. And oh, by the way, Kathy Garcia Soto playing second base because the Bulls have Alana Rivera back at short. Erickson said after the game, he can put anybody anywhere, and he's not sure who's going to go where today because you've got a pretty good defender in Tylee Vaughn. Oh, the play that... Maybe save the game in the opener. Before we get back to what happened in the finale. She squares the bunt on one and two. Obviously, she's not bunt. Hits that ball. Well, old Vaughn scooped it and gets the out at first. Unbelievable play by Tyley Vaughn. Realized that she had to turn around and really gun it. And Vaughn not only took away a hit, but got the out. The out was not a sure thing. Ken Erickson claims he didn't know there was a no-hitter going on. Of course, when you're up 10-0 and it's the middle of the game and you're just looking to run rule it, maybe there's some truth there. But maybe he would have also let Apostolacos finish it out in the circle. She actually came up to hit and got a sack fly RBI herself. But they turn it over to another freshman who finished off the deal. Alex Wright, the freshman, looking to make it a 1-2-3 first inning and a game-ending inning. Change-up, swing on a miss, strike three, and that is a combined no-hitter for the South Florida Bulls. Julia Apostolakos did the heavy lifting and Alex Wright came in and finished the deal. And yeah, even though they only had to bat four times, that still counts as a no-no, officially.
0: You know, I you're so into the game uh, that Jess just told me that. I didn't even have any idea because you're trying to work these guys through the game and so forth, right? But. I thought that Ortiz and Humphrey did a heck of a job calling the game. I was really complimenting them, you know, prior to us getting down and stretching right now about how well they called the game and how well Josie called the game in the first deal. So, you know, when you go out and, I mean, we had, what, was it 14 innings today, right? Nine innings and five, right? Yeah. Was it nine?
2: Nine
0: and five. 14 innings, shutout ball. Your catchers are calling the game. That was pretty special right there, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Um, you know, to get that kind of offensive performance mm-hmm. after such a defensive game to mm-hmm. see kind of, kind of well-rounded on both sides, I think, we, were you pleased about that? I was. You know, and we hit the ball really well in the first game right at them, right? How many times have we had hard shots? But we also hit the ball in the air too, too many times with people in scoring positions. So <laughs> yeah. for them to start straightening things out and, and not get so much arc on the ball, yeah. right, and hit the ball on the ground and make things happen it was, it was really cool to see in the second game. Kind of going back to the first game, how would you evaluate Peyton and uh, Bella? I would give Peyton probably a, a B plus. You know, I I would give Bell you know A minus on that deal right there. But you know, that's pretty good for me. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those guys that's <laughs> you know B for me is pretty good. I'm a little <laughs> tough on that, right? But um, they they did well. You know, Peyton had a couple of walks. Bell's walks were all intentional, so you know that that goes against the team really. But I thought you know by and large they they, they battled in situations and made good pitches in situations. So yeah, we're gonna. I feel pretty good after today.
1: Using all five of his pitchers, even Lexi Kopko came in just to get a lefty in the eighth inning with Bell Sarja, who took the win in that opener, the transfer, junior college transfer, originally from Academy of Holy Names, getting over to first base. So he had that going on. It was a wild bunch of stuff happening, and the Bulls get the win in both 1-0 in the opener, 10-0. And now the competition gets stiffer. Michigan on Friday afternoon. Now the Wolverines replaced their long-standing head coach, Carol Hutchins, who led them to the 2005 National Championship. And they struggled last year. They finished just below 500. a team that's used to winning the Big Ten. Now they do return their entire pitching staff. They did lose their top hitter, Lexi Blair, who's the 21 Big Ten player of the year. Still obviously a very talented team that crushed its opposition in fall ball. That is today at 3, and we won't have coverage of these games this weekend. You can watch them on ESPN+, Plus because we'll be out with basketball. But we'll be back Sunday for the Bulls against the Florida Gators. Meanwhile, Saturday, they play Oregon State, a team that was well below 500 last year, playing in the difficult Pac-12. They went 6-17-1. And the Florida Gators, who actually, for them, struggled last year. Now the SEC is just so incredible in softball. You can... Be below 500 in the SEC and still be an NCAA tournament host. For a rare time, though, the Gators weren't. They went to Stanford last year, won a couple games against Loyola Marymount, but when they played the nine seed Cardinal, lost eight nothing in run rule and 11-2. They were 11 and 13 in conference. However, this year they're picked to finish seventh in the SEC, and that puts you in the top 25 in the preseason polls. So we'll be back with the softball broadcasts on Sunday at 2:30, Super Bowl Sunday. Had a chance to talk to Billy Mole. Here's just a little bit of our conversation from the dugout. Jim Lauck, Joey Johnston, on a beautiful Wednesday. We've talked about this in the past, but he's brought back some members of his coaching staff. and He is now the pitching coach, along with being the head coach again. Fall practices
2: went well. Uh, about our fourth week into spring practice right now, with a week to open up. Uh, I like where we're at right now. I still think there's room for improvement. Uh, I think we have a veteran offense that's been through the fires before that should be battle-tested and ready to go. We have a very new look to our pitching staff, which uh, I'm excited about. There's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of talent. It's seeing when the lights come on, what they do to perform. Uh, but I'm very optimistic. Obviously, uh, out, out for a redemption after last year, which was completely unacceptable. I think these guys have the mission in the back of their heads as well, uh, come back and put, the, put us right back where we were a couple years ago.
0: What has it been like working more directly with the pitchers this off season?
2: It's my—I uh, feel more at home. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of—that's kind of my area where I feel really comfortable. Uh, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, it's been good to get back out there, get my hands on them, and uh, start getting this place to the pitching school that it, it, it was a few years ago.
1: You knew what you were getting with obviously Kunkel and Kate's coming back. Have you seen that the guys who hadn't? work with them have appreciated their their being part of things.
2: Yeah, I do. Um, obviously, both of them have been here before. Uh, Kate brings that young, energetic energy, and Kunkel brings that kind of older wisdom, uh, knowledge base, so they kind of pair off each other nicely. Uh, I think the players really enjoy it. They, they come out uh, fresh every day with new ideas. Um, they've laid the expectations
1: and the groundwork of what's expected, and uh, it's been fun to watch. Heard the voice of Jim Laukin there. It was a beautiful... Wednesday to be in the dugout by the way and I should go back to Ryan Urquhart asking the softball questions and give me those bits of audio appreciate that. Coach Mull actually coughed up uh, the potential starting rotation as well As we head into opening weekend you
2: got Jack Siebert, you got Hunter Mank, you got Dominic Madonna, you could have Matt Brown in there, uh, you could have Logan Beavish the freshman or Aiden Longoria the freshman so you got you got six guys going for, for three spots on opening weekend and then obviously the following weekend we got a four game series so um
1: That's more depth than what it has been in the past. And we spoke to that Friday starter, Jack Siebert, along with Bobby Bozer. We'll post all of that audio to our podcast page later on once I land in Philadelphia, frankly. But for now, here's a little bit of Jack on Taking the Ball Friday Night. Get the Friday start. How do you feel about that? Pretty good. You know, I'm excited. It'll be my my first uh, or second Friday start. I got to start against Wichita last year on Friday. But opening night, it's going to be really cool, you know. I had a, I was really close with Jay Ziac when he was here, and just kind of watching him pitch out there, you know. I just it, it was so cool my freshman year, so I'm excited to kind of get the same type of thing against UConn on Friday. Do you still stay in contact with him? Did you let him know? Oh, yeah, I see him all the time. He's, he's still around. He hangs out here, he throws, so I'm around him a lot. Getting any tips from him? I mean, he's a big strike thrower, so that's kind of, he taught me that my freshman year. You got to throw strikes, and you got to stay calm on the mound. He always had a really good mound presence, and he had a lot of success here, so got to follow that trend. Can't wait to bring you baseball next weekend. we got to get to women's golf. Great conversations with Melanie Green and Erica Bennett. Also, let you know what's going on with tennis and track and field and more when Bulls beat the special hour-long extravaganza for a second time this week. Wraps up next.